In early March, I made a lone trip to our cottage. The inside was as cold as the outside. The walls were frozen, and I knew that it would be hours before I could begin to peel the layers of my snowsuit and settle in for a long evening. So I filled up the wood stove, lit a fire, strapped on my snowshoes, and climbed the hill while the cabin slowly thawed and warmed itself. I ducked into the woods and was immediately showered by light and by the snow that was clinging to low-hanging spruce branches. The snow was changing at this time of the year, and a thin sun crust had formed, caused by afternoon melts and nighttime freezes. But the surface was not yet strong enough to reliably carry me, and so, without warning, a next step sometimes had me sink deep, well above my knees. With effort, I'd have to right myself again, dig myself out of the deep hole my scramblings had created, and hope for more solid ground ahead. I didn't really have a plan other than to wander somewhere off path, somewhere I'd never been before. These wanderings involve minute decisions. Do I pass to the right or the left of the tree ahead? They are driven by a vague sense of what might lie ahead. The faint markings of a narrow creek on a map I'd seen. The decisions are carried by a subconscious lucky guess or chance, offering me an opportunity to give myself over to the universe in its purest sense. In summer, these woods are dark and thick, and in some spots, blackberry brambles tear at your bare legs should you wander off the path. But winter brings a different scene. The light opens a door to starkness, to black and white. You might now notice toughened polypores that scale peeling trunks of dead birch trees like footholds on climbing walls. Wander in and find yourself surrounded by aspen, trees that have grown from one, their thin gray trunks mottled by lichen that has now turned black. It's hard to hide in all this stillness, and I wondered if I was alone or if my lumbering body, my effortful heartbeat that could surely be heard outside my chest, had long warned off ears and eyes that had watched me from nearby. Not far in, I stumbled onto a deer track and decided to follow it for a while. The track did not take me in a straight line, but soon circled back on itself, crisscrossed, and then two others joined us. One, smaller, finer hoofed, and a larger, bolder one. Together they brought me to a thin-wedged swamp, a snowy moonscape, tufts of dry summer grass, sleeping under domes of white. And there I found another's track, a coyote's, or perhaps a wolf's. Back at the cottage, I looked up wolf tracks in my survival guide and soon fell into its endless warn of 
tips and warnings. Did you know, for example, that it is almost impossible to walk in a straight line? The slightest thing can send you off your course, a lopsided backpack, the tendency to habitually walk counterclockwise around a tree, one shorter leg, a gentle slope. Never mind the August call of a thrush or the glimpse of a mushroom, its upturned radar beckoning you. Anything and everything might throw you off your intended course, have you walk in circles, big or small. And that set me to wondering, are the paths we walk our own? What I mean is this, does everything unfold with intention, according to my own plans and free will? Is there inside me a tiny wizard of Oz hiding behind the curtain of my mind, peering through bony sockets, pulling levers, turning dials, shouting hoarse commands, keeping me on time and on the straight and narrow path? Our culture likes to think that's true, has us believe that we are responsible for the choices that we make have no one to blame but ourselves for its outcomes, rewards, and punishments. A rather unforgiving proposition. Okay, humor me, and close your eyes for half a minute, please. Think of a person. It doesn't matter who. Now another. And now another. Open your eyes again. Who do you think came up with the faces, the names that appeared in your awareness? Do you really think it was your conscious self who deliberately authored these people's appearances? Or did they simply bubble to the surface from somewhere, deep or shallow? If not free will, perhaps the path we take is already prepared for us by someone or something. Call it destiny, fate, or God. In this version of events, there is nothing I will do that has not been foreseen or planned. Here is irresistible grace, the Calvinist idea that God has, despite my puny rebellions already elected me, or not, and it might be comforting to believe that our lives are unfolding as they should, guided by a benevolence that hovers nearby. And I have wondered if life is a puzzle, each piece connected to another, which somehow fits and reveals a bit more of the whole the grand plan, as promised by the Maker. And the hope is that with enough living, I might begin to see the big picture and understand life's meaning. But what of randomness? Maybe everything happens by chance, by good and by bad luck. And our little bodies, hearts and minds are 
blown about by unpredictable gusts and coincidences, the roll of the dice. You have no say in the rhyme or the reason for what will happen to you, and each roll opens another door to the galaxy of infinite universes. I'm in the middle of reading Ted Chang's Exhalation, a book of short stories, speculative fiction. He describes the predictor, a toy gizmo which looks like the mini flashlight that dangles from the zipper of my winter coat. Rather than turning on a bright light after you press its button, the predictor anticipates your every move. It will predict and flash its light the split second before your mind wills your hands. The light always precedes the button push. There is no way to fool the system. When you try to break the rules, you find out that you can't. Its heart is a negative time delay. It sends a signal back in time and determines what your brain should think. The author warns that it drives some people mad once they experience that there is no free will, that our every move has already been predetermined. I do think that this may not be far from the truth. I wonder more and more if it is determinism that rules our world the law of action and reaction, cause and effect. I am a product of my history, my genes and time. My intentions and actions might feel to be free, conscious and deliberate. But the place where I entered the forest was simply a response to the call of the wild, ancestral whisperings the contour of the land, a map I'd seen before. My decisions are largely unconscious, caused by impressions, pulled upwards by previous thoughts, acts, and emotions. So here's another question. Would this change how you live your life? What if you knew that what you call free will is actually a mix of chance and predetermined pathways. Would you forgive your own and others' failures more readily? Would you be comforted, have more compassion? Perhaps we all take part in an elaborate dance, like murmurations, the huge flock of starlings that swoop and swirl, turn and twist across the sky. Waves of shapeshifters. Apparently starlings don't behave as one, yet each bird is uncertain of its own path. Neither the flock nor the individual has free will. There is no one bird in charge. But together they organize according to predetermined behavioral rules. Apparently each bird checks and responds to the slightest wing beat of its neighbor. And the whole is carried by chance, 
The gusts of wind sometimes seem to rise out of nowhere, an interconnected dance all the way up the global scale.